Welcome to A Better Way podcast, dedicated to mompreneurs who want to do good and feel good at work, at home, and in life. We're your hosts, Courtney and Danielle, and we get the challenges you're facing because we're living them too. We'll share tangible tips we've learned along the way to help make your life a little easier and we hope a lot more fun. We'll also chat with other moms who are making it happen so we can learn from one another because together we can find a better way. Welcome to episode one of A Better Way. It's Danielle here and I've got Courtney with me and we're going to talk about being a working mom during the pandemic. I know. How will we ever tackle that? There's just way too much to say. But what we want to do in this episode is talk about our own experiences, what's gone well, what hasn't gone well, and also just acknowledge some of the feelings that women are having or mothers are having during this time, right? So first of all, it's important to to not lose yourself as a mom. This is something that happens uh, anyway when there's not a pandemic. So it's even the pandemic has made it way, way worse, right? Um, Second, moms have so much hidden work. There's a huge mental load that they take on. Ask your husband if he knows what size diaper your children wear. Guarantee the answer is no. And that's just one example of something that we keep in our head and we make sure that we have enough diapers in the right sizes Uh, that they just don't have to think about. It is so true. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I know. (laughs) So what has happened over the last 12 months, right? We're a year into this thing. Kids have been home 24 seven in the worst cases. In some cases, they are in halftime school or remote school. Courtney's son is in remote preschool, which I think is hilarious. Guys, I Uh, had three Zoom calls today and a half an hour of homework that I did with a three-year-old. Yeah, yeah. I don't don't understand. But um, the stress and anxiety, right? Stress and anxiety, always something that you have as a mom. Now you're constantly worried about keeping your family safe or God forbid, you've lost a loved one. You're on the verge of a breakdown from not having a single break in 12 months. And maybe you're staying up wondering where you're going to get toilet paper, right? Like our life has been flipped upside down. And lastly, money, right? It's already a stressful topic. And like we mentioned in our uh, trailer, 3 million women have left the workforce from what the stats are today. So families are trying to make it work on potentially half the income that they had coming in before this pandemic. So that's the setup. Now, Courtney and I are going to take some time to talk about how it's been um, for both of us. So court. Yes. What has the, been the hardest part of the pandemic for you? This is a really interesting question. So a little backstory for listeners who don't know me or the last year, 
it was the first day that we were quarantined with our son home and we were working from home, March 16th. And I found out I was pregnant expecting our second child. So I would say the first thing that comes to mind is being pregnant in a pandemic, partially because it's such a special experience and you don't get to share it with many people or any people. And then my son who was born at the end of November has only ever been held by his dad, his mom, and his Nana and his grandma. Hasn't really met anybody else. So that in and of itself has been hard, but let's cut to the real stuff. Being locked in the same four walls with my husband and both of my sons has been both beautiful and difficult. And when they say absence makes the heart grow fonder, I think that that's true. And the reason being is I don't feel like I have been able to be present with them because I'm still being expected to be a good, at the time, um, employee at my full-time job and now business owner and consultant. Um, and there's so much I wanna do, but for some reason, even though I'm stuck at home, things seem busier. I seem to have more responsibilities than I did when I was working my corporate job and we were all out and about in the world. So I personally, feel like the hardest part for me has been, even though I'm with my loved ones all day and every day, I'm not showing up as my best self and I'm not present because there's so much going on in the world and so much that's being asked of me um, in any given day. And so I feel really exhausted and scatterbrained and like there's not much left to give at the end of the day. I don't know, can you relate to any of that, Danielle? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it's, I would say like the constant anxiety has made me less present present and maybe that has made me feel busier, but I think, you know, that's the part that that's the part that really resonates with me. Mm -hmm. And are you anxious about the virus itself or are there other sources of anxiety? Yeah. And, and, you know, for listeners, I have a stepson, so we co-parent. And so I think that's actually been the most difficult part for me because we can control everything we want inside our house, but we have a child who goes back and forth between um, his mom's and uh, our house and, you know, we can't control what that family does or doesn't do to be safe during this. So I think that's, that's really been the hardest part for me. Mm -hmm. Have you had to make any hard choices with that too, especially since you're, um, you and Kyle are co-parenting um, with another family you know, the choices that you had to make along the way have probably been really stressful. Yeah, we, um, so I actually found out I was pregnant at the very beginning of the pandemic as well. And, um, and, you know, ended up having a miscarriage, but I was soup when I, you know, when I was pregnant and I was so worried about getting COVID because especially at the beginning, we had no real idea what the impacts were going to be. And I mean, I was just like begging my husband to try to figure out a way to like make the other family do what, what we want, what we felt comfortable with. And 
I had to realize that that was never going to happen, that I can only control the things that happen in my house and, uh, that I have to let some things go and just, and just, you know, be, um, be more flexible, which I mean, I think is always something that happens in co-parenting, but, um, but it is what it is. Right. And I think the other choice that like sort of became easier for us was sending our two-year-old back to school. Um, and that's because our older son who's in second grade was going to be going back to school full-time every day. And so in our minds, we were like, well, like, you know, our bubbles broken, so we might as well get help with our two-year-old. Um, if, if that's what's going to happen. Right. So I think that choice was actually made a lot easier because of the circumstances and having a son who's just older. I'm actually, I'm laughing, not because of the situation, but I'm laughing because I know Danielle very well and she knows me very well. And we're both very type A people. And so when she talks about control, that's something Danielle and I like a lot. And we didn't have much of it all this year. No. And I credit Danielle. So I'm very proud to announce to everyone on this podcast that my husband and I finally made the decision that at the end of March, my son is going to be going back to in-person school after having been home with us for over a year. And that's thanks to Danielle. And that is the number one thing I've probably learned throughout this pandemic is ego is not always your friend. I think that there's some ego being played into why I was keeping my son home. Like I can do it. I can do all of this stuff, but I finally learned that I, if I want to have it all, I can't do it all. I need to ask for help. And so thank you, Danielle, for encouraging me last week to make that decision because I'm very excited and feel a lot later. Um, but I think that's been something that's been huge for me in this pandemic is I'm such a control freak and I've had zero control. So I've had to kind of learn to just go with it. And I've also learned how how to ask for help finally. And it's actually kind of freeing now that I've learned how. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, you need help. You need help. It's, it's, I encourage anyone, any of our listeners, if you're still stressed and feel like you're in an impossible situation where both choices suck, it's because you are, you you're trying to choose between your own mental health and well-being and uh your fear of what might happen if you uh you know expose your kids to school again right and from my perspective it's been the best decision we've made uh we've sent our two-year-old back to school in in the fall so you know September just like any other school year and it has just been the best thing. And he's happy, right? Like we talked about being present with our families, how that's been hard. And those teachers are angels on earth. Mm -hmm. That's what you have to be to be a preschool teacher as far as I'm concerned. Yes. Um, and they, they want to play all day on the floor with our kids. And that's something that I'm going to let them do because I'm not super excited to do that. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that has nothing to do with the pandemic. I just don't like pretend play. <laughs> oh, at least you're honest about it. Like own it. 
totally own it, get over it, move on to like what you do like, and your little guy will be just fine. So I hear if I have to play with one more monster truck, I don't even know how my son came to like monster trucks because my husband and I don't think I've ever really done anything with monster trucks before, but, um, you put on a good face for only so many hours. And then at some point you got to walk away and they got to take care of themselves. Um, but something that I think is like super interesting too, is I feel like we've talked about this before, Danielle, but you and I have always wanted to kind of go off and do our own thing. And it wasn't until this pandemic that we finally kind of got like a swift kick in the butt to do it. So when I, I was determined when I found out I was expecting to not go back to my corporate job and I didn't know what I wanted to do. And that was the thing that was keeping me from doing it. And then I realized I can do what I'm doing now, but just on my own terms. And I say that because when I was juggling the corporate role with my son home for the first, however many months of the pandemic, what was it like 10, nine or 10 months, it was impossible. Like work told me that they were supportive and that they understood we were juggling a lot, but they were still expecting you to get everything done. They weren't really giving you any grace. It just meant that you could do it at nine, 10, 11 at night or one in the morning, whatever floats your boat, but you still have to get it all done. And I find that that's just such a shame because it, you know, yes, business is usual, but at the same time, the world was not usual. And so I'm actually really happy that I went through what I did the first few months of having almost a mental breakdown because it finally made me change. And I have to say, it's been so empowering to be building a business and I'm meeting so many awesome moms that are doing the same, um, that I know that finally I can, I'm not at the beck and call of someone else and that I can change the way every day is and set myself up for success um, coming out of this pandemic. So I think it's actually been really cool and empowering to have to go through such a negative experience to really be forced to do something positive and exciting. Yeah, certainly. I mean, I think I wanted to do it for a while um, you know, sort of go out on my own. I actually got cert- certified to be a health coach um, before the pandemic. So I think I started in like December and graduated in February. So right before. Um, and then, you know, I would, I had a two hour one way. So four hours in the car per day commute. Um, and I, I thankfully only did that like two days a week, but I still, I still did it two days a week. That's eight hours of my week in the car. So I would listen to all these like side hustle podcasts and just try to figure out like what it is that I'm going to do. But, um, and, and my husband and I both were traveling for work. We had two nannies. Um, one of them cooked for us and, we were just, I mean, my husband was essentially commuting to New York city almost every week for work. So it was just a literal nightmare. Like our life was a nightmare before the pandemic happened. Um, and so I knew I wanted something different. I knew I wanted to be home and I wanted to be there for my kid. And, um, and so yeah, just started trying to build a health coaching business and I'm still doing that. I had a different experience with my corporate job during the pandemic. Uh, they were extremely understanding. I let things fall through the cracks 
more than a couple times. And, um, you know, there was, it, I was, there was definitely a period of time there where I felt like I was doing almost nothing. Right. Um, because I was in the shock of having to take care of a child while I was trying to work. Um, and my work was totally okay with it. And they actually gave us raises, um, at the beginning of this year, because they said that last year was really hard and our company did well, and they wanted us to get a raise, even though like none of us really hit goal or, um, did anything special. That is so awesome though. Yeah. So it built a lot of loyalty for me, which is, which is, you know, something that's, I'm sure lots of people out there can, can, um, relate to, right. Just the fact that their company has been so good to them and really values them and they feel that, um, but still having like a strong desire to want to go out on your own and, and sort of leave all of that behind. So, um, it's going to be, it'll be a tough decision when it's the right time, but for now I'm, I'm staying in my corporate job and and doing this on the side and we'll see what the future holds and you guys will get to follow all along the way. <laughs> um, you guys will also get a sneak peek into me fully transitioning because I'm becoming a full-time entrepreneur next month, which is exciting, but also a little Yay! It is. Yeah. I'm, I'm so is that when your maternity leave is over? Yes. yes. Got it. And do they know yet that you're not coming back? No, they will. Um, <laughs> Hopefully they don't listen to this. This is interesting for me to chat about here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I've worked my butt off. I earned that leave. Um, and yes. No, be don't feel guilty. Yeah. And because I'm doing what I'm going off and doing in my consulting world is brand strategy and marketing strategy. And so I will be available to support them on a contract basis. If they need some support with the transition, I will, I will gladly do that for them. But I was actually chatting with my husband about that. And I was saying how I want to make sure that I'm not pulled back into that world because I actually have quite a bit of consulting work lined up over the next few months. And it's forced me to create boundaries. And I've never, when I was in a corporate role, I always thought I didn't have the power. Like they told me I had to do this. So I had to, and my husband would always, I think this is the difference between a, a guy and a girl too. Um, Danielle, you might have a different perspective on this and I want to hear it, but I feel like other, you know, you have a boss or a client and they're like, I need this by 10 PM tonight. And you're like, okay, I'm going to you know, there were times in my advertising agency days that I'd be up literally 24 hours to get something done and still show up at work the next day. Um, and I thought I didn't have a choice. I, I just didn't have a choice. Someone else told me to do it. I needed to do it. And I always wanted to over-deliver. And then when I started my own business, I learned I do have a choice. I'm <laughs> partially the one who's been like driving myself into the ground this entire time. I could have said no all those times. I could have stood up for myself. And so now I'm really learning that I have to. And so I think that's the one thing that's kept me sane thus far in the pandemic is having to set boundaries. And I've practiced saying no. Um, it's scary but I'm getting better at it. And that's been huge. And that's something that I know is going to be critical to success as a, what are we calling ourselves? Mompreneurs um, is 
being able to say no and walk away from things that aren't right. Um, I've been tested a few times so far, um, but it has worked out when I've said, no, this is not the right fit or no, I can't do that. That's not right for me or not right for my family. Um, so it'll be interesting. I will keep you guys. Give us an example, posted. Courtney. Um, so actually, you mean recently, like in my entrepreneurial work? Yeah. I actually had a client that was, um, I had a, a industry colleague reach out to me and say, Hey, I can't take this client on. Not sure she's the right fit, but you have some good experience and expertise in the area that she's seeking. Are you interested in chatting with her? So I did. Um, it turns out that she needed a whole lot more than she thought she did in a lot shorter time. And I spent my whole weekend working on a proposal for her. I was glad to help her. I did really want to help her in launching her course, having a successful launch, making it happen. But then we went, we were going to be on a really tight time frame. Like I had to turn around the work that we were doing in a three to five day timeline. And with, at the time, uh, eight week old, a three-year-old and other consulting clients on retainer, that was going to be hard. And then we spent four days going back and forth on the contract. And then I got, she was texting me, calling me, emailing me saying, I'm sorry, I just need more time. Telling me about personal things. I didn't even really know her things that she was going through and crying. And finally I had to just say, you know what? I don't think now is the right time for you to be investing in this. And I don't think that I'm going to be the right partner for you because I can't provide the support that you need. And she understood it. She actually took it better than I thought she would, but we were very far down on the path. We had exchanged contracts, you know, had basically almost kicked off. I was just waiting on a few things to really get going. And I had to say, you know what, this just isn't going to be the right fit. I don't think you're going to get what you need out of it. And I'm not going to get what I hope to get out of it either. Um, and it felt really good because I was also setting her up for success because I know that if we had worked together, it just would not have been what she needed at the time. I think she needed to step back and reevaluate before she invested any money in order to get the results she wants long-term. So it was scary. Um, but at the end I thought, no, wow. I not only did I stand up for myself, but I, I was honest with her and I think that's what she needed the most. And I think that's sometimes what clients or customers do need is for you to just be honest with them either way or a boss. Yeah. If you're in a corporate world. Yeah. I mean, that has to build a lot of trust. So, you know, I'm sure that if she reevaluates and she comes back and thinks that this is the right fit for her and path forward, um, you know, and has a totally different attitude towards it, I'm sure you'd be willing to reconsider. And so would she. So I think, yeah, I mean, not only did you do the right thing for yourself and for her, but you also built trust in, in someone who you may work with or may know somebody that you work with, right? Like it's, it's always good. Yeah. And part of the reason I'm learning the boundaries is if I had worked with her, I would have been, I was going to say up all night, but I'm already up all night feeding a now 12 week old. Um, but I would have definitely been stressed out. And I'm actually recovering from some type of autoimmune condition. It's kind of been undiagnosed. And so like sleep, health, wellness is super important to me, um, which is something both Danielle and I like geek out over. 
Um, but at the same time, I've also learned that from a business perspective, it can, you know, I said no from a health and sanity perspective, but from a business perspective, it can be really hard to say no to a client because you're scared that another one's not going to come along, especially when you're just about to like make the, take the plunge full time. The best advice I've gotten from other people is that saying no to a client who's not the right fit or a customer or a partnership, whatever it is that you do is so important because you need to say no to the ones that don't fit in order to make room for the ones that do. And I have to tell you like two perfect clients came through right after I said no, that are much more manageable in terms of time frame. And so I do believe in like the energetics of it in some way it might sound like a little woo woo, but like, if you're so busy doing things that you hate, you're not making any time for the things you love. Whether it's a client, it's a hobby, it's, I don't know, relationships, whatever. But I've, I feel like that's true and that has proven to be true to me in the last few months. So, um, yeah, for sure. Can't have a scarcity mindset. I think that's what that's called, um, where you are afraid uh, you won't get another client, right? You have to believe in what you offer and, and all of that, um, which I think we're all learning to do as, as we go along in life, aren't we? Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Um, so one thing I want to talk about, and, and this is like related to me not liking to play on the floor, but uh, another way to set boundaries with yourself is to just be kinder to yourself, right? Like mm-hmm. if you wake up and you mentally just feel like there's too much on your mind and you can't focus, give yourself the time to sit on the couch, go in another room, do a meditation read a book for a little while. Your kids will be fine. I'm willing to bet that there are thousands and thousands of dollars of toys in your home. (laughs) And so you should encourage your children to play with those toys. And remember that it's not your job to entertain your kids 100% of the time. Yes, you should play with them and have quality time and make them feel good and like you're on their level, but you don't need to spend every week, every waking hour on the weekends. Uh, if, if they go to school, right. Um, entertaining your children. I love that. And that's something that I have really adopted. Um, and that my husband is working on because he will, and I think he genuinely likes playing with them, which is different story, but, um, it still results in him being completely burned out at the end of the day. So I think finding some pockets of time in your days where you can really focus on yourself, whether it's five minutes, 10 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever you can manage. Yeah, that's so true. It's like quality over quantity because I'll be playing with the boys Cause I think I should be, cause I think that they should be 
I, and I say this, I think I should, meaning that's an internal dialogue. Not that I actually think like, you know, as a parent, you should be entertaining your children every minute, but I feel I have this mom guilt, right? We all do. And I'll be watching the clock at the same time though. So I'm like technically playing with them, but I'm not fully there because I'm thinking about all the freaking things on my to-do list, which is something else I've learned is, are you a to-do list person, Danielle? I think we've talked uh-huh. about this before. No. no, you're not. I am. I like make to-do lists for fun and you should see that they're so scary. They're mile long lists and there's like lists in every single room. I carry sometimes a notebook around so I don't forget things and nothing oh ever gets done. And it just like, it taunts me. It just stares me in the face. And so I've been trying to make a to-do list and cross off everything, but the one or two things that need to get done. If I get one thing done a day, it was a good day. Even if that thing was take a shower, maybe that thing was do a whole presentation for a client. I don't know. But if I did one thing, that was a good day. Um, Wait, do you write, take a shower on your to-do list? No, I don't know. But sometimes, sometimes I will write things on my to-do list and cross them out to make me feel better because I know that they're done. (laughs) Shower is not one of them, but I have taken a shower most days just because it made me feel better while pregnant and, and sense makes me feel like I'm accomplishing something. But Yeah. All right. So should I drop a really sad fact about the last time I washed my hair? Oh, I said I showered, but I don't wash my hair. I'll tell you my record, but you go ahead. Okay. So I was thinking about it and I was like, I straightened my hair. So if I go to bed with my hair wet, I will let it just dry natural and then I'll straighten it so that I can actually do something with it. And I did that on my two-year-old's birthday, which was the 19th. So, and I think I showered two days before that. So today, as we're recording this is Thursday, February 25th. So, which means that I washed my hair on the 17th. So, uh, maybe it's not as bad as I thought it was. Well, eight, it's not eight, bad. Eight days. That's not terrible. So I have really thick hair and I have trained it to not need to be washed every day. And I, my record is you're going to cringe. It was 14 days and this was like a month ago, but that was without shampoo hitting it. I would occasionally water, like put water in it and put conditioner. Do you ever do this? My hair gets no. frizzy. What's if the I point? Put... So it's cause then I put it up wet and my hair looks less frizzy and it like all sticks together instead of like a gel or anything like that. So if I put it in a big, like, um, like a top bun, um, that's a little bit more slick back. I just wet it and put conditioner in it and I don't shampoo it. Cause then I'm not like drying it or anything, but Anyways. And do you wash the conditioner out or no? Yeah, I rinse it out. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> I bet you guys didn't realize when you started listening to this podcast, we were going to give you tips on how to get away with not washing your hair. But if anything, that is a major mom hack for people <laughs> yeah. who are busy. <laughs> yeah. Don't have time for that. I don't even bother with dry shampoo because I could not care less. Um, oh, same here. <laughs> it doesn't do anything. I don't think just makes a mess in my bathroom. Um, have you ever total side note? Have you ever tried a cold shower? No, I have. I watched the 
Gwyneth Paltrow episode on Netflix though about cold showers. Oh, I didn't even know from that, but um, I'd heard it through like a bunch of like, you know, biohackers that I follow since I love all that stuff. And they said it like reduces inflammation. It helps wake you up. And for the last, I would say three months I've been doing it. Like I'll do at least 30 to 30 seconds to a minute at the end of each shower. And it makes a huge difference. It is amazing. It's, it totally sucks at the beginning because it's freezing, but then your body gets used to it. I highly recommend it. Huh? huh. I don't think I'm going to do that, but that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> The other thing, okay. Do you, so you don't, you're not a to-do list person. No. Do you put everything on a calendar? No. I used a planner for um, two months, not even, because what is it, February? <laughs> so I used it for like a month. And then I was like, I don't know. I don't know why I can't get it done. It definitely really makes me more organized and, and more productive and all of that. But for whatever reason, I can't get out of my own way about scheduling things. I, I forget I have meetings all the time. I, it's just bad. It's bad, bad news bears. <laughs> I'm laughing about the planner because total opposites. I actually got a planner from a business coach and mentor that I work with, and it's a beautiful planner and I really want to use it. I look at it every day, but it only has like a slot for like two things to schedule each day. And I know I said, I'm working on like making my list and crossing it out, but I keep thinking, I look at it and I'm like, this is not big enough. I need more space. But a tip I heard, and I'm really going to try is to schedule everything, put everything, like build in your rest time. Because when you see that your schedule is getting too busy, that's when you know to say no to things. Cause like, I love like being like, yeah, I'm going to do this and that and this. And then it gets to the end of the day and I'm like, I had zero time and I, or I would want to cancel throughout the day. I'm like, no, I want to cancel this, even though I said yes. So I think I'm going to try that and I'll report back and see how it is. Yes. Yes. Also cancel something every once in a while, make you feel good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I will. Um, I'm making my to-do list right now, Danielle, of all the things <laughs> to try and report back. I'm just kidding. Yes. Yes. Please do. We'll remember. <laughs> um, all right. So as we sort of wind down here, I guess, what things are you not looking forward to and, and wish you could hold on to if, if things ever become whatever normal means again? That's such a good question. Um, and that's an easy one for me. Lazy weekend mornings. Um, I feel like as a mom and as a, someone who has had a successful career, I always was so busy during the week that on the weekends, I would try to get everything I needed to do done as early as possible so that I could relax at the end of the day. But the reality is you never get to relax because just there's more things to do. So I used to be the idiot who would wake up at 5.45 on a Saturday morning to drive 30 minutes to a hot yoga class on Saturdays and sometimes Sundays so I could get back and shower in order to take my son to my gym. And don't get me wrong, I loved my gym. 
But the best thing now is sleeping in whatever that means on Saturday mornings and Sunday mornings. And we make healthy pancakes and I sit around and drink a cup of coffee and I just relax until like 10 or 11 because we have nowhere to go. Our gym is upstairs now on our third floor. So that's all we've got to do. Can tuck into the office to do my work. So like slow, lazy weekend mornings and not feeling like you have to be productive and go, go, go all the time is what I really hope stays like less scheduling of social things and letting weekends be just like the weekends where you're lazy. Hmm. I like that. I think, I mean, I think what hearing you talk about that, uh, one thing I want to point out is, um, you know, my gym opened months ago, right? Like And now you have, it was really all about your mindset. It was never Mm -hmm. about the pandemic. So the pandemic changed your mindset. It wasn't actually like really the circumstances that have changed, right? Yes, exactly. That's true. Yeah, because there are people going out and doing whatever they want now. We've definitely been like much more conservative in our house for a variety of reasons, but yes, you're right. It's the mindset. It's like, I finally have permission. I don't know why I didn't have it before, but yeah. yeah. What about you? I think like the commuting for both me and my husband, I'm really worried, especially in his case that, um, they're going to go back to an office and that's going to be an important part. And so, um, yeah, I just really would like to do my job from home for the rest of my life. Um, so I'm not, not looking forward to going back to an office if it, and having my husband travel to an office, um, if that does happen in the future. Is that imminent or no, just no, 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 no. That's good. No, they had a meeting. They have a meeting in the summer, a summer sales meeting and from what I understand, they did a survey and 60% of the people said they wanted it to be in person. Really? Yeah. Wow. Now, let me just point out, this is a very male dominated company. So in my mind, they were like, wait, so are you saying like, I can get out of my house and away from (laughs) my family? Uh, and like have a legitimate excuse. So I think, I think I, my theory is that's where a lot of people's heads are at. (laughs) Probably. I think you're right. Yeah. So if you, so if you were to give moms listening your piece of advice about like the better way. So our, our podcast is named a better way because we're always asking ourselves, is there a better way? And we know that there is out there. And we're learning from each other every day. Like you told me cancel something once in a while. Yes. That is a better way. Um, what is the better way that you've learned during the pandemic? What would it be? What would you share with other moms? So what I would say is ask yourself why. So I like like in the example, Courtney of you, going to my gym every Sunday morning, right? Like in your mind, it's like, okay, my three-year-old needs something to do. 
this is what moms do. They take their kids to my gym on Saturday morning. And so I'm gonna just do that. And, you know, you didn't really think about how that would make sense for you. Right. And so when you, when things do start to get back to normalcy, start to ask it and and you have to consider, you know, what will you start doing again? Right. Ask yourself why, right. Is it something that really brings me joy and that is going to enhance mine or my family's lives? Or is it something that I feel like I should do? I love that. Mine's actually similar. I think mine is like to sit and be still and like truly identify what you like and what you love and what's going to be right for you. So something that was interesting for me in the pandemic and that I think is so valuable to moms is are we never have like brain space, right? We're always busy doing things for other people that it was so easy to forget what I even liked. I just did it just because I was told I had to, or I was supposed to, like you said, like ask why, but I've learned to be still a little bit more in the pandemic because like the world got still, you had to get still to some extent. Um, and I had to deal with, you know, thoughts and kind of rediscover me at my core. And I think that that is really important, especially as moms, because that's the first thing to go, um, is you kind of lose yourself. And that if you can be still and sit with yourself and recognize those little pings that your body's giving you or your mind's giving, giving you or your heart's giving you, you're going to be a lot happier and healthier and more productive too, whether it's, whether you work for someone else or you're, you know, on entrepreneur, you have a side hustle, you're going to be more productive if you kind of let it flow by listening to yourself. So I agree. Yeah. I like that one. That's yeah. good. Anything else you want to share before we wrap up, um, that our listeners might benefit from? No, I think we've all heard enough about COVID. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Thankfully spring is coming. Hopefully the snow will melt here in New England soon. Both Danielle and I are in New England. Um, so warmer weather will be bring, uh, yes. brighter times yes. hopefully, but it's been sunny the last two days. I know. I know it was almost 50 here today. Yeah. It was beautiful. Yeah. So we'll take it, but exactly. thank you guys for listening to episode one. If you have a moment, um, please, please take a minute to rate and review this podcast. Your feedback is super important to us and it's going to be what helps us make sure that we bring programming to you in the future that you enjoy. Um, if you like what you heard, subscribe so you don't miss out on any future episodes and be sure to follow us on Instagram. Danielle's at shaping young taste buds and I'm at Courtney Henry consulting. Drop us a DM. Let us know what you liked what you didn't like. If you have any guest recommendations, we have a lineup of fabulous women that we will be having on in the future. But certainly if you have anyone that you think um, has a lot of value to share with our mompreneur audience, let us know. Um, And we look forward to seeing you in episode two. Thanks guys. Thanks for listening to today's episode. 
We hope you liked what you heard, minus the faint baby cries in the background, although I must say that those were pretty on brand. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss out on upcoming episodes. And if you want to learn more about where to find us on social, head to the show notes. Until next time, mom friends.